0: Landline. Are you recording this one? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Why
1: wouldn't I? I don't know. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't.
0: Good evening everyone. It's a wintry, blustery day in Watertown, Massachusetts. The winter has arrived in New England. It is negative wind chills. It is snow in the forecast. It is a blanket of snow in the yard. People are driving even worse than they used to a week ago. And my 300-year-old house is breaking down. Let's just put it that way. So today's show, we're going to be listening to a great conversation between Mike, Chris and I. We're talking playoffs. It is the AFC and NFC championships this weekend. If you're not a sports fan, don't hang up on the landline. Keep it rolling. We talk about life, love, tailgating, frying chicken wings on site. And Mike lives in southern Patagonia, almost all the way on the tip of Chile. Chris lives in Rochester, New York. Some of you know the drill. We're old friends from growing up, and we connect over the Patriots. Thank you for stopping by. Remember, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on talkforaliving.com. Email us at landlinepodcast at gmail. Tell us what you want to talk about. Suggest a guest. Be a guest yourself finally call the landline just do it you got your cell phone 617-744-1895 leave a message you can be on the show thanks again for listening adios hello landline how's it going hold on wait hold for mike all right, Mike, you've got your way. We've got a three-way.
2: <laughs> nice, Baker. Michael. Uh, How we bigger, doing? Boy. Oh, yeah. ASC Championship, yes. baby. Woo!
0: Unbelievable.
2: Fifth year. fifth year in a row. Is that true, That's the great.
0: fifth year in a row? Yeah. Wow. It just, it really, everything we think is, is being supported constantly, they're just like the only good team in the NFL.
1: I can't believe it. Uh, ten of the last fourteen, too. Is that true? Yes. Or ten out of four, Brady's fourteen years. That's Daddy ridiculous.
2: That he started. Yes.
1: That's unbelievable.
2: He's a machine. Absolutely, it's good We are watching like the greatest player in history
0: it's it's unbelievable well let's um let's let's work into it here because i'm not sure i'm ready for sports yet all right i mean i want to talk sports but i want to know how your hangover is baker
2: um yeah i've recovered and i'm back to work you know i'm just easing back into things here but uh, yeah it definitely took a day or two
0: and Mike uh,
2: definitely did my duty at the pats game getting tuned up for that one
0: and mike how's your hangover
1: uh, yeah, Sunday was a little rough, but just was able to get up and like roll out of bed and watch football all day long, so that was easy.
2: Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> my, my flight was delayed coming back from Boston to Rochester about three hours, so I got to watch the entire Denver game in the airport, and the irony is, is that I fell asleep sitting in the airport. So <laughs> that's, how, that's pretty much how I feel about Peyton Manning.
0: It's it's a weird, I don't know. It's a weird, like it, it doesn't it feel like so we're taking somebody to sacrifice this week? What do you mean? Like we're gonna we're gonna like chop Payne Manning's head off in front of like the the nation after everyone has hated us for the last calendar
1: year. I don't know. I'm scared, Baker. Aren't you a little scared? You know,
2: the only thing I don't like is the record out there. Um, yeah, two and six, two and six in Denver. <laughs> for for tom uh and the patriots but you know everything else i I just i just don't see and we can talk about this later but i just don't understand how uh, Peyton manning can win this weekend
0: honestly like the 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 afc playoffs is so screwed up i think cincinnati was better than pittsburgh and i think pittsburgh was better than denver and I sort of think the Chiefs might have been better than all of them. And, yeah. and what about the Jets? Like, the Jets were a good team. They beat the Patriots in the second-to-last or third-to-last game of the season. They were, their defense was stacked. And Fitzpatrick was a serviceable quarterback. It's just weird how it's ended up, I think. It's all, it's all out of whack. Because I feel like Kansas City was a decent team.
2: I think Kansas City was the best defense we've played all year, um, and they, I think they were a decent team. But um, you know, we made made them look pretty pedestrian in the first half or you know first parts of the game. I, I know they came back a little bit at the end, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, well, Baker, pretty, Baker, pretty you look. Excited. Baker,
0: you looked like a pedestrian drunk in the first half of the, half of the game, so... <laughs> Wait,
1: tell me. I want to know about the, uh, the tailgate again. All right. All right.
0: It. Let's get let's get it fired up here. The tailgate yeah. was awesome. Um, I had a really busy week, so I didn't get to do the proper... I usually like to go to the supermarket like three or four times to prepare for an event like this, like yeah. to the the two days ahead and then want to the day of or, or whenever, but... I like to, like, really curate the experience. So I had to do a lot of running around Saturday. It was pouring rain, Mike, like 38 degrees and pouring rain on Saturday morning. Um, and that kind of rain where your hands, if you're not in gloves, they get sort of like they sting because they're cold. Oh, yeah. Um. So, ran around, got a large selection of cured meats, imported cured meats, completely against all of my food rules, um, some uh, international cheeses, um, a selection of breads and crackers, and then the previous day, I had gotten four and a half pounds of chicken wings, which I had put in a kicked up chili powder rub, and... uh I got a gallon of frying oil and Whoa, some, like where this is going. some 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 uh, various accoutrements. I got I, I threw a couple carrots in the mix just to make it seem like we're trying to be healthy. I did whip up a a napa cabbage and turnip slaw with a mm, little yeah, rice rice wine good. vinegar, um, and the turnips almost tasted like horseradishy. That was pretty good. Um, so we so Baker came over with his fiancée that oh. um, he got engaged while I was in St. Martín. And um, we packed a cooler, had a cup of joe, got all the stuff, packed the extra boots and socks. I wore my giant Carhartt suit, you know, packed the joints, did the whole thing upright, and drove to the stadium, met his buddies on Route 1 outside an Irish pub. They had their Patriots flag flying on the back of the uh, Chevy Tahoe or Suburban. Rolled into the parking lot into P three, set up camp, popped the tent up, um put the AstroTurf down for the last time that season. They were decided it had been pissed on enough. They were gonna leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh set up the whole Bass Pro Shop setup with the um prep tables and, you know, all the what call it. And then we uh just started to bin shrink aggressively for like four and a half hours. What
1: was the uh,
0: beer of choice, or what were the drinks of choice? I chose uh, – well, I, I asked Baker to Baker paid for alcohol in his defense. Oh, wow. um, We got a 12-pack of Budweiser. We got a six-pack of Miller High Life. And nice. then I got four nips of um, Jim Beam Black. Wow. For the game, which we smuggled in in our boots. Yes, that was awesome. And um, – what else bakes? well, they had some cocktail fixins. the only cocktail I made I knocked over <laughs> um, and you know some like weird you know, not weird like they were bad, but like some random stopped by the tent because they knew there was a party going on, yep, and um they we did shots of fireball and wow. we did some car bombs at one point, yep now. Jesus. So when
1: you're way, when you're heading into the game, how drunk were you?
0: I felt good because I had like regulated with marijuana most of the time. Um, but, and we'd, we'd also, we'd also brought a lot of water. So like I had yeah. been like, f- we'd been force feeding ourselves water, which is a good move. Um, I felt okay. I was sticking with it. Um, before I get to that, Mike, cause I really do want to get to, and then Baker, I know you want to have your two cents as well. Um. But I will say that it's pretty funny how, like, rich white people like to party by, like, setting up in a parking lot, like, homeless people and just, like, cranking (laughs) shitty beer. It's like everyone's bringing their tarps out and, like, their shittiest grills that are covered in all the crap from the previous um, season. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on. So. That was funny, and the food came out great, um, deep-fried some wings. They didn't really get crispy because we couldn't get the pan hot enough, but they cooked. Had some bacon-wrapped scallops, which were way beyond my imag- my imagination. They were really, really good, high-quality stuff. Um, ate the charcuterie, and then— Charcuterie was a big hit. I mean,
2: they went right after.
0: They like the charcuterie. You're right. That was and, and I that was kind of from your brain to mine and then through my wallet. So that I'm gonna give you some credit on
1: that. But Mike that's a, that's the crowd Pleaser.
0: Where I'll leave it off and then we can get into the game. But when you got in, you know, you wait in that big group of people, you know, walk in the stadium, pretty tuned up, the sun came out, it was a beautiful sunset, had like that cold, crisp New England winter air setting in after the dampness, and stars are out. You wait with all the people to get in through the metal detectors and then you walk up the ramp and it is that like classic, unbelievable din of excitement that I, that I really think is, um, very much apparent at like, or used to be at least big Red Sox games where it's like that hot, stinky, thick air on the concourse. And you're walking through people to get your, um, seat and like guys have been drinking beers at the bar and they're carrying two at a time and people just start hooting and hollering and you see people like 15 feet away coming towards you and you lock eyes and you're like that guy's into it. And you just like hoot and holler and then (laughs) high five on the way by. Um, And I really am proud to be a new England Patriots fan. Honestly, like I'm going to completely pull a fast one on this podcast, but um, I loved seeing the fans and like you got, you know, young, uh, main lobstermen in their rubber uh bibs, like dressed up like that, like where everyone's wearing just weird shit. People are saying th- synthetic marijuana over and over again in the men's room, <laughs> and it was it was awesome.
2: So, it's part of that whole I mean, just part of the whole process. I mean, it's just from the moment you drive in to when you get there to setting up to making the food to rifling down like six million high lifes in an hour. To, um, to to walking into the stadium and like playing that game, like it's almost like Frogger in the line, trying to like get as far up in the line as you can until you like absolutely physically can't go any longer. And, like you have to wait for the people in front of you. It's so fun! Just the whole thing is, it's like it's such like an all-encompassing experience that you know it's just you can't you can't beat it. It's great.
1: Yeah, and it's so nice. Like I have like you know busy hands. You know, and so just waiting around for a game is torture for me. So it's so nice to like have things to do. Like you have to set up the 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 tarp. You have to get the grill going. You have to do this. Like you have to put the wings in. You have to. It's, it's nice to have things to like be able to pass the time too and fun things. You know, it's yeah. the best.
0: And and uh, Baker's friend Scott is the king of that. That he's like sort of the tailgate master with Trip as well. But Scott really. I, at one point, I was sort of like, you know, does he like me? Does he not? We're hanging out. What should I do? And then I realized, like, oh, he's just like me. He really just wants to like make a mess and clean it up until the game starts.
2: exactly. <laughs> so I just started. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna make my own mess over here.
2: Yeah. No, you were great, Alex. You, uh, you really nailed that tailgate. The wings were great. I mean, at one point, this like random, this random dude walks by. This like young kid and was like are you deep frying those wings? He's like, holy shit. He was, like, so drunk with his buddy, and then he just stood there, and Alex was like, sure, yeah, you want one? And he waited, and then he, like, he, like, gave him a wing right out of the fryer and the napkin, and the kid was, like, just mowing it down and telling him how good it was. And, you know, everybody, it was just, it was probably one of the best tailgates I've been to in a long time there, so, you know, props That's to a- Alex for bringing that show. Well, props yeah. to you for bringing me, Bakes. Good job. yeah.
1: yeah. That's a bold Alex McKay move right there, just like, I'm coming, and I'm deep-frying wings. I don't care what happens. I mean, who's going to turn me down when
0: I take a fat cast iron and a gallon of oil out of the truck? I mean, what what's not to like? So the game was awesome, we were tuned up, Baker's just loving everyone in the stands, and... Um, I would say I have few regrets, and I have n- really no lasting regrets, which is a rarity. I really do think I kept on top of my game. The Y one regret is that I did, like, yell some, like, big fuck about somebody on the field that no one was ever going to hear. It was just, like, a stupid, obnoxious fan way of, like, yelling it to the 15 people around him. <laughs> and I, re- I looked down and realized that there were, like, three 8- to 11-year-old kids directly in <laughs> yeah. front of me
2: um no, they didn't yeah. care they were like uh they were an indian family i think yeah. and they were all they all had like face masks on and like the dad was on one end and the mom was on the other end and it was a family of like four it was like your classic like indian like india america family patriot <laughs> fan yeah, dad yeah. probably works at fidelity you know he made sure that his parents made sure he got a proper education and all that and then, uh and the kids turn around and they're laughing, you know, and the dad turns around and is like, yes, this is the experience that I you know, the American experience. I want my kids to have it, you know.
0: He didn't say so. that. That was like Baker's Donald Trump version of it. But <laughs> uh, but he would know. But you are right. He was a great guy. I was like, I'm so I actually tapped on the shoulder and I was like, I'm really sorry. All right. I said to his kids, I was like, I'm really sorry for swearing, guys. I'll try not to make it happen again. And his dad turns around and he's like, say anything you want. We're having a great time. I was like, all right. <laughs> So
1: <laughs> That reminds me of, um, I once went, went to a uh, a Red Sox game, you know, back 2000, 2001, that time, and uh, just, like, showed up just hammered and was with my friend who was, like, not really a Red Sox fan, and I was telling him about how crazy the fans were and how, like, crazy this was, and it was Red Sox-Yankees, and we got to our seats. And I saw Jeter and just yelled, like, the most inappropriate thing you could ever yell. And the guy next to me was like, hey, I got my wife right here, man. And I perceived that like, have to sit next to him for the next three and a half hours. It was just so awkward. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Well, Mikey would have liked it. People were fired up and, like, coming into the bathroom screaming, like, let's fire up the defense today. And then everyone would start, like, clapping while they were pissing in the urinal. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I will say, and I said this to Baker, I said this to everyone in the bathroom every time I went, there are like 110 urinals lined up along the wall. It's a lot. It's a lot of urinals. And there are literally two sinks. Yeah. So everyone comes in during a timeout, pisses, and then they're just like... Hey wow. guys, spread the germs! Like you want to get everyone in the Boston area sick, this is a perfect place to start. We got sixty-five thousand yeah. people here, and we can move it on to three hundred thousand by the end of the week.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. there weren't people pissing in the sink, actually. Yeah, and,
2: hand sanitizer. It's got to be hand sanitizer. Yeah, it? that would
0: be fine. That just and put a little, put a little more money in the crafts pocket, right? Because they got a, they must own uh, shares in Purell.
1: It is amazing though going to something like that as opposed to going to Fenway back, you know, ten years, fifteen years ago. When you'd go and you'd wait in line for ten, fifteen minutes, that's just like it's like a carousel. You're in, you're out, you're back in your seat, it's really easy. Yeah. So and well you're, set up.
0: And once you piss, you'll go buy another beer, which is exactly right. what they're hoping you'll do. <laughs> Um. All right. Well, let's talk about the game. Uh, obviously that that opening uh 80-yard drive was incredible, and those I think somebody said today on the radio four first downs in a row on third down. Um, yeah, that was that like was the key. That was game key. That was like turning back the clock to, right. but you know, two years ago or three years ago. Um, I mean earlier I was, this season. Well, all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I think getting th- all right, fine. What what was the story on TV, Mike and uh, and Baker? What's your breakdown of of their uh, of their play over the first half?
2: Well, I uh, I'll just tell I just tell you that I I was very relieved after that first drive when I mean, you had all the usual suspects. You had Edelman in there; he was picking up first downs. He had a couple drops early. And then he was picking up, I think he was he had a couple of catches, 27 yards or something on that first drive. And then Gronkowski got involved. Obviously, he got the touchdown at the end of it. And they went down there so fast. They didn't run it once. They just started throwing it. And, you know, after a couple of weeks of just, like, them trying to run the ball, trying to run the ball, it's like, okay, this is, here we go, you know. And that defense was really fast. One thing I remember, uh, distinctly about that defense was how quickly they moved, you know, live. So I was pretty pumped after the first drive, and then I, I, I really felt like after that that the game was kind of in hand. That if they could just play like that, we were, we were in good shape. But Mike, mm-hmm. tell us about the your point. Well, that's an excellent
1: job by you, Baker. No, um, <laughs> so that was, that was it. It was like that first. I think it was third and ten. And he hit Edelman, is that right? To get yeah. it? Uh, yeah. That was, it was, for some reason, that felt like the biggest play in the world to me. Because, you know?
0: because just to, to interrupt, because it was Edelman's first catch as well. Because he had dropped the first two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, you're sitting there and you're, it's, you've been waiting for this game for so long. And every little play is so big. And then, yeah, you had those two drops. And then he gets it, and you're just, you are just—you have that old-fashioned feeling that they're going to do this, and they, they're they going to have that safety kind of blanket out there on those third downs, which they haven't had. And I think that's – you brought it up, Alex. So that's, that was the biggest thing watching it was you had the confidence that they were going to get it on third down, which for the last six weeks hasn't been there.
0: Well, it was – I mean – I don't know how to explain this because you guys are just going to fight me tooth and nail for every single thing I try to take take away from their accomplishment, and I'm not. But doesn't this have a weird feeling of, like, I can't believe how bad we played, and then we got a bye, and then we won one game? It's like a new team suddenly stood on the field, a team we haven't seen in almost two months, and the team we have to beat to go to the Super Bowl sort of stinks on offense. So it's kind of – again, like well, – a little bit of kissing your sister here. I mean, this was a well-earned win against a good team, but I'm amazed at how quickly everything turned around. There was no gradual, like you know, getting better. It was just kind of like they accomplished a lot in practice, and I guess kept a lot back from the
2: public until it mattered. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think that's I think they dumbed it way down. They tried to pick up those games with as you know little as little maybe exotic game planning as they could get by with they didn't manage to pick up any of the significant ones like Miami at the end of the year they put themselves in this position now they got to deal with the consequences but like you know I just think you had the key back for this offense which is when you have Edelman and Gronk on the field at the same time and Brady obviously but like when you have those guys together that's how this offense was designed to move and And play together. So now, you know, maybe next week they come out and, you know, we'll get down into the red zone and they'll come out with that like three or four tight end set that they used at the very beginning of the year that you haven't seen them use very much, you know, since. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what they they do about Denver coming up, but I'm I'm
1: like I'm well. I'm excited. I'm wondering what they're saying. What do you think? Patricia and Belichick in their meetings together are saying about um Manning. How like are they literally like, well, he can't throw the ball down here, so let's do this. How do you think they're gonna approach that?
0: I do I really don't think that they're ever cocky, which is the difference between them and everyone who like listens to sports radio, goes to the games and does a podcast that thirty nine people listen to. Um <laughs> I think that they literally never take anything for granted. That's just my hunch. So they're treating their opponent with respect. But I do think that their strategy will be stop the run Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that the potential percentage for a turnover goes way up if the Broncos are passing. Um, Tipped balls, bad balls, bad interceptions – you know, forcing into a punt where they do a fumble or a blocked kick. It's just like there's way less security with the Broncos' offense, it seems like, from watching the game last weekend, if they're passing. Um, you think about that one where he, like, had to dive down and they didn't call it to escape being sacked, and then he got back up and threw it. It's it, on, on I mean, I will say in his defense – For someone who's 39 who has, like, a broken neck and back, that was pretty agile, um, being able to get up, having the wherewithal to get up and try to make it happen. But his scramble sucked. His dive sucked. He's like somebody who doesn't know how to, like, get down on the ground. And then he awkwardly got up. And then his throw sucked, too. So it's like, whether or not it worked out, there wasn't a lot to like in that sequence. He
2: sucks. He sucks. (laughs) He sucks. He just sucks now, like, and if I I, I hate how he kind of limped his way into this too. You know, doesn't it feel like that all of a sudden he's the storyline again? You know, oh, a Peyton Manning led team against a Tom Brady dude. The guy was basically benched at the end of the year. Forget his injuries; he was benched, and it, he been, he he was benched because he had 17 interceptions this year or something. You know, Tom Brady has more touchdowns this year in Denver than Brady doesn't his than uh, Manning does in his starting quarterback. That's the whole story. How many and does, so he always, how many does he, Brady have? Three? Three to he two? Has three, he has three. Wow. So he limps in, and then all of a sudden he weasels his way back into the starting job because he says, I'm healthy. And Osweiler didn't play particularly well at the end of the year because they got they got enough tape on him, so teams were starting to figure him out. And now he gets the starting, and his defense basically wins him the game there. And he didn't throw a touchdown or an interception. They didn't do anything in the last game to win it. And now he's here in the AFC Championship game, and he's one game away from the Super Bowl. And imagine if something like crazy happens, like you know we just play terrible, or Brady throws all these interceptions. Or something. The story is going to be that Manning is the best quarterback of all time, or some crazy thing like that.
0: No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not, Baker. That ship has sailed. Hey,
2: yeah. I'm just telling you. That's you know, this guy doesn't deserve to be here. This team doesn't deserve to be here. I don't think they're that good. I think they're totally overrated. And I, I just pray that the Patriots go in, march in there this weekend, and just slap them around.
1: Yeah. I, there is something scary about Denver, though. You were right, Baker. There's just something about it. I don't know. It's the orange, the altitude. I don't know what it is. It reminds me of, like, uh, did you guys ever go, well, I don't know why you would, but there was, a like, a hockey town in, in New Hampshire called Berlin. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. Paper <laughs> Mill. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they had, like, it was in, like, it was, Oh, like three hours north of us or something it was something ridiculous. It was so hard to go there. It smelled like a paper mill. You'd go to the games and like they had nothing else in the town, so the entire town would show up to the hockey games and just be going crazy and i don't remember they weren't even that good, but we'd always go up there and lose um, so it's it's something weird like that like it's just it's, it's got to be. And it kind of gets in your head after a while. It's like, oh shit, we have to go to Berlin again. So, I know they shouldn't feel like that, but I I feel like they have to get this they have to get this monkey off their back or whatever. The, whatever well, say.
0: yeah, there's a lot there. It's funny. I I can't believe that they're that bad because it feels like it's sort of in my head. It's fifty fifty in terms of big wins and big losses, and I think that the two wins in Denver. I would. I should have looked it up. It seemed like they're more important than the six losses. I do now. I think this is in Foxborough. But remember that famous clip of Shannon Sharp picking up the phone and saying that they needed to call the National Guard. That that was a great Denver uh, win. They won like fifty-two to seven or something like that. Um, I don't know, Mike. I think it's because people in Denver don't give a shit about Boston. They're like their own brand of hick. They. It's like all these. I mean, we should have like Sean come come on to talk about Broncos fans, but he always said that he just he would just say out of the blue, "I hate Broncos fans," and he doesn't even care about sports. I think they're driving like three or four hours to the stadium from the plains of Colorado, and uh, they're into it. And their team is good. I mean, they they like they've had major success in the last fifteen years. Um, I feel like the Broncos brand sort of took a dip when they signed Peyton Manning. If you think about like what you thought of the Broncos before that, you thought of them as like a scary badass team, not like a team that was just pandering for the front pages of ESPN, you know?
1: I don't know about that cuz well, who who was there beforehand like it was Tim Tebow. You know they had nobody and then Yeah,
0: they, well, they, Elway, uh, they had Elway, they had Terrell, Dav- I mean,
1: Terrell yeah, Davis. A while ago, yeah, that was a while before that, and
2: then they got Mandy Oh yeah, Jake Snake. Yeah, but Kyle, Jake... Kyle Orton.
0: But even those, even those days, their team was was difficult to play in Denver. Like even with those quarterbacks, it was scary going there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. It was like it's their crazy fans. They're loud, and before they built the new stadium, Mile High, the original Mile High was like the loudest stadium in the NFL. So, I mean, their fans are crazy, um, but I don't know. I just – I don't think it's in the cards. I also think that the fact that there was a moment a moment when they lost in Denver earlier this season when I said to myself, this could be an okay thing because you rarely lose to the same team twice in the same yeah. stadium in the same there season. There you go. And I knew that it might come around to this, and I was like, Belichick doesn't lose to the same quarterback twice in one season. So a
2: different quarterback, though. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> all right, you guys. Thanks, well, thanks for coming yeah. in. We'll uh, talk to you before the Super Bowl. Uh, all right. You're right. Now, what about the fact that if Kubiak had any balls and he wanted to become the coach that Belichick is, he would have just kept on playing Osweiler until they won the Super Bowl.
2: I I agree with that. It's it's like he was a coach that... I think he was hurt. I think he's hurt though. Yeah. That's uh that's the problem with Osweiler. It's one of the reasons why they bashed him.
1: I I think right. they'd still have Peyton Manning up out there. I don't think it I I I for some reason my prediction for the game before it started was that Manning was gonna start and Osweiler was gonna finish actually. And it looked like it was gonna happen. Like <laughs> some of those throws were horrible that he was throwing. Did did you see the one where they uh they thought the ball got tipped? Oh God, I can't
2: I can't listen to that anymore. So oh that ball must have been tipped at the line of scrimmage. Oh wait, uh no uh, actually it looks like it just came it came out of his hand funny. No, he just fucking sucks. He can't throw the ball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, dude, it's like the use machine constantly for Peyton Manning. I just don't get it. They're no gonna win oh no, the H D H was for his wife, even though the guy's coming back from major neck surgery and getting treatments in Europe and he's fighting tooth and nail to get back in the fucking league. Like of course he's on H D H. Of course he's taking H D H. Like how is that not the story? A story.
1: I can't and believe so, that. That I feel like I'm taking crazy pills with that. Like no one cares? That's not a no. story? <laughs> No, no. we we'll just forget about it, and we'll just talk about how good he is, even though he can't throw the football.
2: And they just go, they, yeah. they go on the networks, and they say, what do they say on the networks? Oh, well, if, if, if the guy said he didn't do it, then, then he didn't do it, obviously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's got integrity. That's the difference between him and Brady.
2: I mean, think about this. It's so frustrating. He's a lovable loser. He's a lovable loser. Who like treats people well? I guess like you know, and they and he's in deals with Jim so Jim can't talk shit because they have the same they have the same agent. Stupid.
0: The, the well, we never like the thing is is we don't have an empathy for him because we've never really had to respect someone like that in our lives. I don't think that's the what we grew up around. Like we never really had the aw shucks cowboy country boy. We had country boys who were like big-time shit-talkers who are, like, quicker than we were at, like, talking shit to us. If you think about, like, Scott and Chris and all those guys, like. Yeah, that's the thing I think about is how quick-witted they were.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, my God.
0: All right, well, what about um, Dan Morgan? How about his quick-wit? Yeah. (laughs) What? he punch you in the face if he said
1: anything. Yeah,
0: well, so, I, I mean, Baker, no, you've never needed anyone from the, the archetype of, of Peyton Manning. Like, he's never had something that you wanted. In terms of, like, like, you never have to deal with him on a daily basis. You're like, people in Rochester and New York don't act like him. You know what I mean?
2: I mean, I don't really get it. I mean, he's got a dad who was played in the NFL, and he's got a brother that plays in the NFL, and, like, he's got a Super Bowl those are all cool things that I wish I had right yeah. he's always been he's a starting quarterback at Tennessee that sounds like a, that sounds like a fun time
0: yeah but you never have to like go in and do business with someone who's like his personality do you get what I'm saying like you don't value him as much as people in other parts of the country like the south thinks Peyton Manning is someone to look up to mm. Like he's a good businessman, and he's like a good family man, and he like does it the right way, and that's why they think he's the best. And they think like Tom Brady's like a snivelly little California bitch who cheats.
2: <laughs> so I mean, uh, I'm not yeah, saying. I'm not, I mean this. I mean, I'm not sure I agree with that 100. percent But um, I mean, I think Peyton Manning is a cheater, also. I know. I I can guarantee he was sucking down HGH left and right.
1: You know, he's he's
2: gonna complainer and a like a whiner a and a front runner his entire career. He's like I want the best offensive players at the expense of my team. I want the biggest contract at the expense of my team. You know? I, I want this, I want that, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go lose in the first round of the playoff ten times almost. Yeah. I hope they kill him. <laughs> And when it, and when things don't go and when things don't go my way, I'm gonna pout and just like hold my jaw open a little bit and put my head down and like walk off the field like a loser because I can't, I don't have the gumption to like pull myself out of it like Tom Brady does. Well, there you right? go.
0: There you go. I just fished the most interesting interesting thing you said in two weeks out of you. So that's how radio works.
2: <laughs> thank you for the, thank you for getting the best out of me. Yeah, I, I mean, was. well, think about that's this. What works.
0: Think about this. No one's made more money. There's been no player that's been a higher earner from the for the corporation that, that is the NFL than Peyton Manning. Think about how many endorsement deals he's been a part of that they get a piece of because they're getting the TV contracts. Think about how many tickets he's sold, jerseys he's sold. Like, I literally think if we did a spreadsheet, he's the number one earner of all time. The fees that they get from his contracts, the agents get. Like, think about how much money he's earned for the sport. That's why they're not talking all the shit about him. And to top it all off, he's a company man, and they're just going to put him right into the booth after he retires and continue to make money off him. He's like the bell cow. He's a cash cow for the NFL. And we've already talked about this on the podcast, but the fact that he's making money like three or four different ways every time he plays is insane. He's playing so he's getting a check. He's When it goes to commercial, he's in the advertisement for Papa John's or Lincoln or Nationwide or Buick or Nationwide Insurance. And then he's the number one franchisee of Papa John's stores in the entire country, so he's making money on all of us fat idiots ordering pizza. So it's like the guy. That's why they're not talking shit. Because if his image is ruined, think about all of the rich people who will make less money.
2: I mean, so he's so what? He's a sellout, Ben. Yeah,
0: of course I mean, he is. I I don't like him. I don't I mean th-
2: at least you know Brady has the the, the balls to be like. Fast food—that stuff is bad for you. You know, soda's terrible for you. We call it—we call it food. It's not real food. I eat X, Y, and Z because I believe it's better for me, or something. Oh, not that we need to get a diet, but you know, you never see Brady put his face on frigging Papa John's. Kidding.
0: Think about how much money he's forfeited to decide that he's going to be—I mean, okay, Uggs and a watch, like whatever you want to say. I'm not saying Tom Brady's the best person of all time, but I agree with you. He could have been doing ads for Coke. He could have been doing ads for, like, Nike. He could have been doing ads for Papa John's. He could have made tens or hundreds of millions more dollars to put his face on shitty brands like that.
2: Yeah, and he also could have milked more money out of the Patriots, but he didn't do that. Why? He wanted to win. So he could have a better team. And he gets to win because of that.
0: All right, Mike, jump in here.
1: Uh, I just want to go to sleep and wake up on Sunday. You guys are getting me so fired up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, what I will
0: say is that uh, the NFL and the NFL's defense, and I rarely do this. My experience at the game on Sunday or on Saturday afternoon was awesome. And all these people and all these podcasts and on the radio shows will spend like a 40 minute segment talking about how the reason that everything's changing on TV and tablets is because people don't need to go to the games anymore because it's better to watch on TV. And you get all these angles and you don't need to go hang out with a bunch of drunk idiots and blah, blah, blah. I think that the game experience is 10 times better than watching on TV. It was so fun. I, like, fell in love with the game. I Like, the game we were watching, I fell in love with the people standing around us. I loved the atmosphere. I loved the sound. I loved the pump-up music between plays. Every time there's a commercial, you just get to turn to the people around you and chat about the game. You're, like, out in the elements, and you're doing your thing. And it's, like, a good way to, to enjoy sports, And uh, I think television sort of ruins it. And maybe it's not the NFL I'm so mad about. Maybe it's just like the television package. Yeah.
1: The package is good, I feel. (laughs) What are you saying? Mike, what are you saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mike, do you want to hang up? What's going on over there?
1: No, I'm just saying, I think that watching at home is awesome too, I'm sorry. You
0: do, so you, mind, like, you like what
2: wa- uh, you like watching, eight well, t- inch laptop.
0: yeah, tell us about that, tell, give us some context.
1: Well, I mean, I'm on the other side of the world and I get to watch the game, it's pretty cool, um, and, I don't know, watching at home is pretty great too, um, I don't know, I kind of tuned out a little while you were talking, so.
0: <laughs> 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 oh my god. All right, I'm sorry. You guys just talk for the rest of the 20 minutes, and then I'll hang up.
2: Mm. What else is there to say?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> what, what, what? I don't know.
2: Prediction on the game here. Yeah, Mike. What do you think is going to
0: happen? You think it's going to be a, a clean win?
1: No, I think they're going to win. I'm just, I'm scared. I told you, I have this whole thing. It's like a weird thing in my head about going to Denver. But I think they're going to win. They're, they're. They look like the better team. Um, and I just, I can't believe that if they win, they're going to the Super Bowl again. As you yeah. said, Alex, it's like, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like they're in the AFC championship game, does it?
0: No, it's very weird. And I hope the weirdness doesn't translate to like a weird loss. Like, I'm okay with feeling weird as long as they keep winning. Right. So what are you going to do for the game, Mike? It's Sunday at 3 p.m., which is 5 p.m. your time. It's the middle of summer. Are you going camping? Like, what's your plan?
1: Uh well, uh, camping. So today um, I went out to my land just to kind of hang out and do some stuff there. And, like, the best part of my land is you get there and you're completely by yourself. You know, there's no one else that you can see there. And – our land is, like, we have, like, a little plot of land, and then right next to it, there's, like, this little piece of uh, National Park that's right there. And I showed up today, and, like, right where our fence is, right on the other side, I could see three tents right there. And I was like, oh, God, these kids, someone's here. They can't be here. Um, it's it's not, you know, They're like, they, they don't have permission to sleep in the park right there. So I was getting all fired up to kick him off, and I went, and it's a 60-person uh, group of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and their parents who are staying there and who will be there for the rest of the month, and I was so fucking pissed, I've been so pissed all day about it. Um, so I don't even think I'm going to go out camping this week. Like I don't, don't want to be there when there's all those kids next to me. So they're it's on... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's probably... It's like 30 boys and 30 girls. They're all like high school kids. There's probably someone getting finger-banged or getting a hand job on my land right now, and it's
0: killing me. <laughs> it's your worst nightmare. The tables have turned.
1: I know. It's horrible.
0: So, what, they're allowed to sleep on the National Forest Land because they're like a student group?
1: Yeah, they got permission from the park ranger. I was like, who, like... Who allowed this? And that, there was some rumblings early on in the year, but the park ranger never came and gave us a heads up like, oh, you know, there's going to be like a group of 60 people that are coming and camping and basically like shitting all over the land over here because there's no bathrooms or anything. So uh, it's, it's just eating me up inside. So, so won't be going there.
0: So wait, but when you go up to them and you like inquire angrily, and it's like a bunch of Chileño Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, and then you're like a skinny, fat, redheaded, crazy Gringo who's coming up like he owns the place, but you're like six thousand miles from your homeland in Ireland. Like, what do they? <laughs> what do they
1: do? Um, uh it was. Well, it's weird. So I, I was first like, who's in charge? I need to talk to the person in charge. <laughs> and they, they took me to this woman and I actually, I knew her through like, I knew her from like five years ago. I had met her or something. And I was talking to her and I was like, just like, I, I can't believe you're here. Whatever's going to happen. I just want you to clean up whatever and please just stay off of my property. Basically. And then right as I was leaving, I found, like, uh, like a sock in some trash that had been thrown there. And I got so pissed. And I walked over and I found the guy who was in charge. And um, I started talking to him. He's like, you can speak to me in English if you want and speak in English. So I was like, all right, fine. Let's do this in English. And I was like, look, I know what's going to happen now. I found this stuff on my land. You're going to pretend to be upset. And then you're going to go tell the kids that they have to be careful. What I'm saying is that this is going to happen again and it's going to keep happening because 60 kids shouldn't be sleeping right here. And you, can't, you two can't control all of them. So this is going to be a disaster and I just can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> and I basically gave them the sock back and walked away. Oh,
2: my God. Wait, I'm confused. They're there for the rest of the month?
1: Yeah, well, until, yeah, so until February. Like,
0: Cause it's like a summer. It's like going to Maine with a with your troop. Oh, it's it's like thing. it's the summer. Does that happen
1: every year. No, this is the first time, and it's like, oh, I I'm worried that they're gonna. It's going back. You no, know, they're gonna think about actually turning that little piece of the national for or the um, national park into a camping area in the future. And if that happens, my life will be over. <laughs>
0: Well, why don't you go to like the town meeting, like my dad would, and argue against the Ledger Bridge being four feet too wide for like fifteen years of your life?
1: Well, the other idea from the other idea from my friends was to tell them that I'm a uh, sexual predator and I can't be within a hundred yards of of kids, so they have to leave.
0: That's pretty edgy, um, yeah. but it could be effective.
1: Yeah, drastic times.
0: Baker, where are you gonna watch? Uh, I don't
2: know yet. I'm still kinda of torn. Um I could it could be one of those games that I just need to like sit in the apartment alone for. But I'm sure that my, you know, other friends or co residents and stuff out here will and the director from the guy from Montana who bought my house is is out here, so I'm sure we'll probably just get together and watch it. So I might even watch it at my old house, which would be kinda of interesting. Um, but yeah i'm just I'm ready to take it in, and then, but the, you know, oof one way away from the Super Bowl, looking at the- looking at the schedule here, I gotta be in l a on the ninth, so the game's on the seventh in San Francisco, who knows?
1: oh.
0: Well, what if, I mean, I probably can't do this, but I have had dreams of throwing, like, a pop-up party in Tim's land in Napa for, like, all the Patriots fans in the Bay Area. Just throw, like, a camping big screen on the side of his barn. Just, like, sell beer and wine. That'd be incredible. Um, But I probably won't do that. Um, Well, there's supposed to be the first, like, foot of snow in New York and Boston this Saturday. So we were gonna go down to New York for the day and see some friends who just had a baby, and then come back and watch it home. But I don't know what to do now. I'm sort of in that a similar scenario. I think you just—it's just the watch at home. Like Mike, you're just gonna watch at home by yourself on the computer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, This—the good thing about this weekend too is that uh, this past weekend is that my buddy was having a party at the exact same time because I didn't want to watch it with anybody. So I'm hoping something similar happens this week. I, I like watching it by myself. I don't like having a lot of people there.
0: And, Baker, any uh, updates on the injuries or uh, players or anything like that, or is it just too early in the week?
2: Uh, I mean, the injury report comes out tomorrow, but from what I'm heard and seen, you know, on the tapes and stuff, just kind of rewatching the injuries when they happen is uh – you know, I think Jamie Collins will play. I guess it's like an oblique injury or something, and, you know, I'm sure he'll play. Chandler Jones, I don't I don't know what's up with him, but if, I think if it was, like, season-ending, he'd be on IR, too. So, I mean, Mayo's out, which is kind of – which, you know, kind of sucks for him. I mean, we talked about that before. Um, just, like, he's had kind of a shitty run here the last couple of years, going on IR the last two years in a row. I know this year he's on IR, and, like, I know he hasn't really been, like – 100% or what he was kind of what he was last year um before the patella injury but it's just too bad to you know cuz he was kind of a, he's kind of a leader on that squad you know and then Hightower he he went out during the game but I guess he went you know he went back in so you know I, they're going to be a little thin at linebacker um you know which is you know it's worrisome cuz they got to stop the run you know in this game
0: I don't think you guys should be scared. I just think that they're going to dominate. I think they're going to be great on offense. I just, I, I, I think that they're going to have a, a mistake-free game, and I think that that's going to power them to victory. All There's a right, couple of
2: here first. Yeah, couple, I thought Chung. I thought Chung was awesome last game, and um, I thought McCordy looked a lot. But, you know, he had that ankle injury at the end of the year, so I think like overall the health of the team is good. Um, and obviously, you know, having Edelman and, and Gronk back, when those two guys are on the field at the same time, they haven't lost to Denver. And we haven't really had those times we've really played Denver, even in the playoffs, we haven't really had, like, full health. So, you know, a couple of years ago we lost out there, but we didn't have Gronk. He was out for a year. Mm. the knee injury. So let's let's see what happens. Hopefully, you know, nobody goes diving at any knees like they're predicting this
0: week and All right, Mike, yeah. Mike, we're going to let you go. We clearly you okay. clearly you want to just beat the shit out of yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not in the best mood. I just can't think about these kids out of my land. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. I
0: honestly, we could like make a short film about it, but no one would think that the premise was like believable. Like the <laughs> fact that you are Arguing with Chilean Boy Scouts in southern Patagonia because they're yeah. camping next to your land. It's like, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's,
1: this is my life. It's so ridiculous. It's so weird to, like, It's awesome. Step back sometimes and be like, what am I doing? What it's am I doing? N- no, it's
0: awesome. It's, uh, I, and it probably, what, it takes you two and a half hours to get there and get back?
1: What, to my land? Yeah. No, it's five minutes
0: away. Oh, oh, that's good.
1: Yeah, it's close. It's real close.
0: Oh, then those camping tracks aren't as serious as we thought they were.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it's I'm camping, but I'm just 5 minutes away.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you guys doing the podcast. I think it's uh it's an interesting thing that we're not like we don't have the same excitement over where the Patriots are right now. It's just I, I there's there's something fishy about this whole situation. Um And I I, I don't want anyone to need to defend it. But it's just interesting. Like, I wish I was more excited. I got so so excited at the game. Maybe I just need to wait until, like, the kickoff starts because I just can't deal with the hype.
1: I'm excited. It's similar similar to last year, though, when that that first game was just so incredible. And then the championship game
2: was kind of a letdown afterwards. But hopefully it's the same result. Hopefully it's the same. Hopefully it's 45-7. I'd be so pumped. Yeah. Now, wait, let's back up a second. Last year, you know, with with each successive year after not having a Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl and losing, like last year was like, like oh my God, where are we going to really do this? This year, it's like, okay, we got that. We shook that monkey off our back. I'm just as excited as I was. I just am like, I can't believe this is happening again. I,
1: yeah. There's one more wrinkle, too, which is, like, I can't I think today or yesterday was the whole like one year anniversary of deflate gate and i literally like i can't take any more of that talk whenever it's on wei or whatever i can't listen to it for more than two seconds but it is important to remember what has happened this year and how big this would be if they get to the super bowl
2: be so great yeah
0: you're absolutely right, and and I think the last wrinkle for me is that if they win and go, they're going to play, like, a team that's dangerous and it's basically going to be a toss-up against. So it's like, it that'll be exciting. Like, I feel like if they make it to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden they'll be, like, their fate will be hanging in the balance of how well they play against, like, a super high-quality team. So that'll be, like, really fun to get excited for and watch. Yes. Yeah,
2: you between...
0: got two weeks.
1: Two weeks. It's like a two-week gift of feeling like this for for more two more weeks. We'll do,
0: ni- we'll do nightly podcasts just for you, yeah. Mike.
1: Keep you updated. <laughs> All right. Keep us, keep us updated on your land. Yeah. yeah. Make sure I don't get arrested and spend the time in jail. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, um, everybody, have a good night. And, Mike, good luck with the camping. Baker, good luck uh, staying focused this week. And uh, we'll do some texting. Uh, maybe we can take tomorrow off from that, but um, <laughs> but I'm excited. So go pats.
1: Go Pats. Go Pats. Okay, boys.
0: Talk, talk to you later. Talk to you later.. Love you. Bye.